This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, Ashley Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Simmons from Houseworks. This weekend, we celebrate Memorial Day, a time to acknowledge the men and women of the armed forces and the unofficial beginning to summer. Uh, Social distancing guidelines are being relaxed, but there are still projects to need finishing around the house. Also, when is the last time you cleaned your barbecue grill? Really? Uh, We have some tips to make sure it's ready for all summer long. I hear Jeff just leaves the stuff on there because it makes it taste better. Anyway, you can join the conversation with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How are you guys doing this morning? Very good. How are you? Very good. Where's Mr. Jeff? I'm here, but can you hear me? Oh, yeah, sort of, a little bit, kind of. There you go. All right, so what have you guys been working on, Pam? What what sort of special fun project have you been working on this uh, this week? Well, I wanted to give a shout-out to my buddy Tim Taylor at the city of Ridgeland. Mm-hmm. If you get a chance, he's had a project right off West Jackson Street near the interstate. Uh And he has gone in and taken an empty, ugly lot Mm -hmm. and planted all types of landscaping. And then he had a local sculpture artist come in and donate some sculptures. And it is just amazing. Very cool. If you're out and driving around, yeah, you can where is actually this? drive into the parking lot at the Seabrook there at um, um, right next to the gas station and get out and walk around and take a look at this thing. It's it's amazing. All right. Jeff, what are you working on, man? Was there a vacant lot there, Pam? Yeah, it was a blank lot. It was an empty lot, and I, they were thinking about putting a restaurant there at one time, and something must have happened with the officials in Ridgeland, so it was going to remain an empty lot. So kudos to the city of Ridgeland for doing some things to um, enhance, and they're actually, instead of uh, cutting down trees, they're they're uh, – planting trees good deal so who's working on what jeff I, I i can see you talking but you're just so low i can't i can't hear you what uh what's going on are you uh working today yes we're working in fact we we have the last two weeks we have been so really strained i've got a job going Hey Jeff, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna have to wait a few moments and wait on you because you're, you're cutting out real bad here and there. So, we'll, we'll get back to Jeff. Uh, I did something yesterday uh, around the house that was needed. I had a, uh, an outdoor light that was a motion sensor outdoor light. You know what I mean? And um, it, it for for years it it worked fine, but I could tell it was kind of like the the bottom basement level one. And a couple of days ago, it just started blinking. 
constantly and uh, meaning meaning like fluttering, not not something that was intended. So anyway, I looked at it. It was kind of a cheap old light that was put there initially. So I went by the local hardware store and I picked up a new motion detecting light. Um, <laughs> well, and uh, the, finally, we I got another light. This light was LED, so I'll never have to replace the bulbs in this thing, which is fantastic. By the way, folks, this is only three wires. You turn the power off. You connect the three wires. And the three wires, by the way, on this uh, outdoor light were labeled for black and white and ground ground is either the copper or green sometimes you'll see uh the the ground being green and the screw for a ground uh when you're screwing that in, it also is almost always green so it has a hole for the black a hole for the white and a hole for the green you put those in there there was one screw literally that held it to the wall so i put that screw in and away we go i had a brand new working light fixture and uh it was great so there we go. Um, if uh, those fixtures are really easy to put in, you can go and uh, as I mentioned, when I went into the hardware store, the one that was hanging off of my house initially was kind of the contractor grade, cheapest one you could find, twelve bucks kind of thing. You know, so I went for that middle range and got a, a more decent light, but got uh, LEDs, so I never have to replace the bulb. Anyway, so uh, today we've got a lot of stuff going on. It is Memorial Day. Does anybody have, are, are you guys going to work on Memorial Day? Jeff, are you back with us? Nope. Okay, uh, Pam, are you got any uh, work to do Memorial Day? I block, yeah, we're going to work. We're inspecting houses on Memorial Day, but we are taking Saturday off. So I may throw a kayak in the water and paddle around. And then I have some friends who do an amazing job with grilling, and I let them clean the grill. I just go over there and let them cook. We are going to get to some uh, ways to clean the uh, grill, some some, uh, life hack type of ways to clean the grill coming up. But uh, if you've got a question, something you're working on, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-MPB-RING. 672-7464. Okay, I've got an email here that I wanted to get to. uh, Benjamin sent in an email and said he's got a hook holding a pot rack. Uh, Is there any way to replace the one that's... uh, Wait a second. I, I, okay, I'm sorry. There was a hook holding a uh, a pot rack that came out of the wall. Uh, and when it pulled out, the screw pulled the, the the screw pulled straight from the sheetrock. So he's asking how to replace that with uh, a bolt that goes all the way through that has a toggle. Believe it or not, there is a bolt such as that. It's a standard wing toggle boat bolt. Um, what this is, it's kind of a long. You would if you saw it, it's like a long screw uh, with very fine threads. On uh, one end of it, it there's a little spring-loaded, um, almost like a little butterfly thing. It's a spring-loaded clip that when you, you can bring it all together and make it small and put it through a small hole, and then when you let that little thing go and push the screw in, uh, it snaps open inside the wall so that when you pull the screw towards you, 
it, 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 it's got something, a claw on the back holding on to the sheetrock. So it will not come out unless it's like a, you know, three inch hole in the wall. So that is the way to do it. It's called a, it's a wing toggle bolt. That's what you're looking for. A wing toggle bolt. If you go and ask anybody what that is, they'll, they'll be able to show you. And as soon as you see it in the, in the store and, uh, you know, you, you, you can just sit there and spin it with your finger. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So there you hey, go. Jason. Yes, ma'am. Any thoughts? Let's, yeah, let's let's let Benjamin know too that if if it's holding pots, I think I'm in. that's gonna be that's pulling. I mean, no wonder it fell off. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Even one of, one of those wing, you know, the, what you just went the through wing is toggle. fantastic. But something I would consider doing mm-hmm. is somehow adding some type of a decorative piece of wood. That's going from a stud to a stud. Because if you're holding up pots, yeah, that's a lot to ask the sheetrock to do. That's true. And that's the sheetrock sheet wasn't made to do it. It can't. It's like me trying to hold a bowling ball. It's just too much. Well, you know, I went. I mentioned. I mentioned last week about finding the stud in a wall. You know. Uh, an easy way to do that. And I decided, you know, I told everyone that I had like this big magnet thing that you rub around the wall and it finds the screw in the wall. Well, I went to go look at the brand name of this thing so I could tell everybody what it was, but it's so horrible. I hate to even say the name, but I'm going to go ahead and anyway, you ready? It's called the stud buddy. But anyway, that's... (laughs) I think Jeff's losing it. But, not, but that's what it's called, the stud buddy. But anyway, it will find the screw in the wall, and it's just a magnet, folks. You're not, it's not any sort of voodoo. It's just a magnet finding a screw in the wall. So, so something to you look know, for. You know, a flashlight does the same thing. I know. Jeff has told us Remember? this before. Yeah, uh, tell us how that works, Jeff. Uh, put the flashlight on the floor, uh-huh. shining, shining up the wall. And just run it down the baseboard, and you'll see every indention, um, which every indention will be the screw head. That's so crazy. Uh, you know, because you yeah. really don't see the indentions in your wall unless you do something like that. Correct. Yeah, you get, you have to cast a shadow on it, and it, and it, it will... It will telegraph through there. Okay. Number to call, folks, is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Time for our first break of the hour, but when we come back, we'll be uh, continuing with your DIY questions. Nothing is too big or small for the Handyman Hangout. We're here to help. If you have a question and want to join the show, call us at 877 877- MPB ring. That's 877-672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, an associate professor of preventive medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, Ashy's Certified Inspector and Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or... 
send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. So uh, we were talking earlier about uh, some of the projects. I, we used to have, Jeff, we used to call things a hammer scale. So when... I remember. Yep, a hammer scale. So when uh, a, a project was difficult, it had more, more hammers, right? So we've got, a, we've got a list here of... Uh, of home improvement projects that one can do and the possibility, the difficulty scale of a DIY project. So I'm going to give you guys some of these things and I want you to tell me what you think the uh, DIY scale is. And I tell you what, I'm going to give you a one to five hammer scale, five being the hardest, one being the not hardest. Okay. So number one, replacing windows. We know that it can be a DIY project. Where is this on the hammer scale? Uh, are they siding or brick? Okay, we'll just say siding. Okay, <laughs> siding. I'm going to give it a. Uh, I'm going to give it a three. A, a three. Fairly simple. Okay, yeah. three. Fairly simple. What do you think, Pam? Yeah, I was going to say three. Okay. You got to have the right tools. You know, it's always about having. And when you're going to replace windows, you better have a nice sawzall with a great little blade on it that can cut those uh, attachments um, and make sure that you don't go through any uh, wires. There you go. Well, you'll know that when you do it, I promise. There's actually a tool. It's called a fine tool that works better than a sawzall. Replacing windows sound very intimidating, Uh but I'm going to let I'm going to let you know right now, a window is a heck of a lot easier than a door. So, well, I'm, we're, I'm telling you, we're getting it, to it that, Jeff. Not, it's not bad. <laughs> You're right. So. We're getting to that. And, uh, okay, so uh, here we go. Reciting your home. Now, let's take brick out of this because that's kind of a specialty, uh, brick mason. Uh, but reciting your home, uh, if you DIY this, where does that land? I've done this. I actually did reside it after my curtain wall fell off because I had some foundation work. It was mm-hmm. a little dramatic. It was a little um, dramatic. <laughs> so yeah, what, getting rid of the brick was harder than putting the new siding on, so I'm going to give it a two. Wow, a two for a new siding. I, I agree with you. I, I like it. Uh, there's a little bit of a danger area because you're going to get off the ground. Right. Other than that, yeah, other than that, I agree, a two. Okay. All right. Uh, now, these are the things. This is the difficulty, the hammer scale, one being least, five being most of uh, these projects that you could do in your home by yourself or with a friend, meaning DIY. You could do it yourself. You don't have to hire somebody. So we've gone over replacing windows. That's a three. Reciting your home is only a two. Uh, here, Here's a big one. You ready, Jeff? Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, swapping out your entry door. Ah. <laughs> but, but so you folks, you folks can't see this, but both of them just kind of cracked up and looked up, and heck, Pam's still laughing. Okay, um, <laughs> I've done this twice, and I, if there were two things I could take back that I've done in the world, it would be both those doors because yeah. that, that is not an easy thing to do. I'm, I'm gonna give it a six. Yeah, uh, out of, uh, one out of five, it's a six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is it is it is difficult 
now once you've done it a couple times obviously everything gets easier right uh but it's i'm not considering replacing that front door a a do-it-yourselfer for the first time no um well and there's a common denominator in doors and that is is that the world was they tell you it is but it's not made square nothing is square right <laughs> everything needs to be shimmed up and jiggled and moved yep. and so anyway that one now, if, if, I, go I ahead. will I will give you this pointer when you tackle that front door um, leave the level in the in the garage or wherever you keep your level I'm not concerned with that right now. I am concerned with the margin and what I mean by that, the space between the door and the jam. Cool. When that when that margin is the same, then you're good to go, nail it in, shim it off. And and level is not a part of this conversation. All right. No. Let's let's go to uh Timothy in Louisiana. What's going on, Timothy? Well, good day, lads. How are you, sir? Lads and lady. There you go. Very nice. So what's going on off the grid? Um, I am starting a new project today. Okay. I'm pouring pouring Bigfoot foundations for a tea house, a solar-powered tea house for a friend of mine. Wow. You're pouring the foundation yourself? Oh, heck yeah. That's what hippies do, you know? Right. It's just just a Wednesday for you, right? It is Wednesday. I know. The only reason I know it's Wednesday, Timothy, is because this is the day my show is on. So I have to remember yes. that. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I love these Bigfoot foundations, man. You drill a hole. You know, you you get a you, you rent a, a two foot auger uh-huh. and bore that hole down there and put that Bigfoot down there with that sono tube and some rebar and you got a column that you know will hold anything that's fantastic and it, it doesn't it, you know it's no, no subject to um you know because it's, they're down the bottom of the base is at least two feet underground right uh there's no frost heave or anything like that associated so you you get a you get an indestructible and then you know everything is bolted onto that, you know. So well, that's fantastic. Now understand, folks, when you're hearing Timothy, that doesn't necessarily mean DIY. Timothy, yes, it does. No. Yes, it does. It means go to the library and get a dang book and study. Now that is that's- true. Uh, Timothy, though, is a very uh, he knows how to do stuff. He's very good at things. He creates his own solar arrays in the backyard. So. Yes, and I want to add one more thing. Okay, About go for it. Hammer business. Yes, sir. I have a hammer. I have a 16 ounce uh, Vaughn uh, finish hammer. Yes, sir. Okay. I've had it for 60 years. I haven't used it much in the last 40 years because I screw everything together. Right. You know, and with those Torx drive screws, man, you can pull shut together that you couldn't hammer together. Yeah. Well, I. That is. I really appreciate it, Timothy. We're going to keep moving on, and uh, thank you for your call again, sir. Let's keep going. Uh, Lisa from, where is that, Strayhorn? Lisa, you there? Yes, sir, I am. All right. Uh, How's it going this morning? Oh, pretty good. I'm just hoping you're going to give me a good answer. Well, maybe I won't, but someone will. Come on. Uh, What's your question? Please don't tell me I have to lovingly tear out walls again. I live in a mobile home, and a few months ago, I changed out tub faucets. Uh Uh-huh. And I got the same problem again. 
the center knob that you pull up and down for the shower leaks through there and comes on by itself. Huh. Comes on by itself? Yeah, the water, there's so much water coming through it that it pops on the, pops on the shower head. Let me yes, ask what what did you let me ask did you what did you replace this shower I mean this the the works with the same design and everything that came out of it right and it and had the same problem <laughs> right right okay so you've got the same fixture with the same problem uh, similar yeah you because know, it's it's hard to find mobile home fixtures up here because we live in the middle of nowhere right okay um, all right keep going give us a little bit more info so these guys can can study a little. Well, first of all, you got to take the wall out to get to the dang thing. But uh, it's just, you know, hot and cold and a knob in the middle that makes the water go either up through a shower head or down through the, through the spout. Yeah, the diverter. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Well, the diverter is it's leaking again, so it comes up through that little hole where the knob is. Yeah. And there's enough, you know, with, with enough water pressure, it'll pop, it'll just about pop, it'll pop itself on. Huh. So I, got, I, got, so I actually have two shell until the shower pops on. I got a shower at the bottom of the shower at the top. Wow. Um, oh. Ahead, I'm Jeff. assuming you use brand new parts. Yes, sir, brand new. The only, the only kind I could find up here, I might have to go somewhere else for a different brand. It wasn't Delta. But, um, Lisa, what is your water pressure like there? Pretty good. Apparently. There's two of us that live in the front trailer and a small like FEMA camper behind us, and um, it'll, it'll, it'll slow it down just a hair when the washer's on, but it's usually fine. Well, I'm hmm. wondering, sometimes what we'll see is if the water pressure is too high, it will <laughs> blow out fixtures. So what you may want to do, you oh. can buy um, this wonderful little gauge at the hardware store that will tell you what your water pressure is. And you take it and put it on an exterior faucet. It actually screws on. And an ideal pressure for any house would be between 40 and 80 PSI. If it's below that, you don't have enough pressure, and you'll you'll have you know a variance in water flow between fixtures. If it's too high, if it's above eighty, it can actually damage and kind of cause what I hear you say is happening. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but that's something that I would check, and it wouldn't cost you. I think those little gauges are less than ten dollars i think that's yeah. a worthwhile uh thing to do considering your shower keeps turning itself on yeah, i would start and, up there in, in my bathroom when i use the sink faucet sometimes it's like really aerated um really aerated. <laughs> yeah it's like jesus you know it looks uh, op- opaque not clear sometimes the only problem is the person that lives in the little fema camper is my cousin's ex-husband twice and uh, um I'll have to disconnect his water for a minute to use the outside faucet we've already been fighting over. <laughs> oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> All right. Okay, look, I'll try that first, and if that don't work, and if it's within the ranges of 40 and 80, uh-huh. I'll call you back. Wonderful. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. Well, that's a to- okay, that's an okay answer. I'll take it. Okay, thanks. All right. Um, thank you, Lisa. I want to I want to take one more email before we uh, before we go to break here. This one is um, uh, Hardy Board, Jeff. I know that you you really like Hardy Board, so here it is. I love. I know. So this this person, Julie, asks: Can Hardy Board be combined with regular cedar siding? Could Hardy Board edges be beveled, tapered? There are areas of the house where siding does not last. Water splashes up from uh, lower roof or in other areas facing south. Can she replace those areas with hardy board? 
Uh, the quick answer is yes, of course you can. Now, do I like to mix products like that? No, I don't. Um, is that just for aesthetics, that, or what is that? What is that? What do you? Why not? Well, because I mean, if 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 I'm going to use Hardy, I want my entire exterior of my house in Hardy. If I'm going to gotcha. use cedar, I want everything in cedar just for looks. Right. Okay. Um, the the one drawback of Hardy is it's a concrete product, which you don't get the smoothness that you would get out of wood. Ah. So it's, but it has so many benefits. I mean, the warranty on the brand name Hardy is 50 years. Wow. That's a warranty. Right. So yeah, I'm going to take the rough edge and have the 50 year warranty. I'm going to paint it once every 10 to 15 years because my substrate's not going to move. Right. If I use a good quality paint, I'm done. If I'm going to do cedar, it is going to be a maintenance. Um, um, I don't want to say nightmare. It's just going to be maintenance. Right. So, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm choosing Hardy. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, folks. Um, there we go. It's another another thing there. Time for another break. And if you want to join today's show, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We're taking your DIY questions. And when we come back, we'll give you a few grill cleaning hacks. So stay tuned. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. What happened to my voice? What's going there? The Home Improvement Show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, Ashy Certified Inspector to Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. If you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app, or if you don't have this already, download our MPB Public Media app. Okay, uh, so we were going to talk a little bit about grilling. It is Memorial Day weekend, and uh, as Fix It 101 will do, we want to give you some hacks. First, we're going to talk to Kathleen in Osaka real quick. What's going on, Kathleen? Uh, hi, guys. Listen, that lady who just called in about the faucets leaking and kind of almost uh, exploding with pressure. Yes, ma'am. It, it may not be the faucet. It Go back to, she's in the country, it may be a well. And the tank on the well, one, may have to be bled, or two, check the pressure. Because sometimes after a lot of rain, the pressure will build up in these pumps. And it will push on the line. Okay. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. You've uh, you've been able to help some folks before, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Go, go ahead, thank you. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, let's keep on moving. We were talking about a uh, clean grill is a well-functioning grill. Of course, you want to follow the manufacturer's instructions. Well, if you read them. But try these hacks that could make your next cleanup Pam even does. easier. I know you're one of those weird people that reads the instruction booklets. I know. Uh, okay. Jeff does not. Yeah. <laughs> riveting. Just riveting reading. Right. 
Okay, here is hack number one. And Jeff, I know you've spent some time with uh, some grill utensils in your hand, so I'm going to see if you know any of these. All right, use coffee to clean your grill grates and utensils. Have you heard of that? All right, you, you place your grill grates or utensils in a large container and fill it with coffee. Let it soak for at least an hour. Transfer into hot water to rinse. Wipe clean with a cloth. It's done. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I've never even yeah, heard that before. Not, I drink coffee every morning. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Jeff? I drink coffee every morning. It's the acid. It Java, Java just said it's the acid in the coffee. So okay. Basically, I wonder if you could use a Coca-Cola. Oh, of course, certainly. If that, if that's the case, then yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so, hack number two. Just think about if that's cleaning your grill, what it's doing to your tummy. I know, right? Same for coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, number two, use now. Get this: use an onion to clean dirty grill grates. An onion. It says, cut an onion in half, stick it with a grill fork, and scrub the grill grates while they're hot. And the onion will clean the grill grates. Are you going to be crying too? Well, you know, my thought is, is that if there's a, if you got to clean it, cleaning it with something that's food tasting is not a bad idea. You know, well, what, an onion's going to make you cry like a baby. What's wrong with a wire brush? It's been working for years. Oh hush. Okay. <laughs> You're making this hard for I'm me, Jeff. Yeah, I'm right. using a brush. The, I'm not going to use it. Put the onion in the potatoes. Right. Uh, by the way, if you want to get <laughs> a... Uh, right. <laughs> grill the onion. Right. I'm just going to grill the onion. Well, that's right. what you do with the other half. Okay, so so if you want to call now, if you got a DIY question, it's 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email fixit101 at Online. Dot org. Hack number three. Now, this I have heard, but I, I'm not sure about the validity of a part of it. Okay, so hack number three is use vinegar and aluminum foil to clean grill grates. Okay, Jeff shaking his head. You put vinegar in a spray bottle, spray the grill grates. Um, by the way, that's fun to say like seven times over and over. Try that grill grates. Right. Anyway, grill uh, grates. Let it let it sit for a bit. Now ball up some aluminum foil into a scrubber, like into you know a ball, a scrubber, and scrub the uh, grates until they come clean. Now see, I was looking at that, going, well, why did I need the vinegar if I'm going to use a piece of metal to scrub it clean? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. Um, all right, that's all I had with that. I thought there were I thought there were more hacks, but there that was it. No. Well, I mean, I've got a hack for you. Oh yeah. Get your get your grill as hot as it will go, um, you know, five hundred degrees, and um, just touch that with your with your spatula or your little wire brush. And I mean, we don't have to clean these grates. I mean, come on, no. Th- throw you a steak on there. Everything's gonna be cool. And by the way, not all grates are created equal. There are steel grates. There are ceramic grates. There yep. are a lot of different right. things out there. So be careful what you scrape on your grate every <laughs> every time you exactly. go out and grill. And, and remember, you're scraping off all that good flavor. That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, good flavor. Got, got an well, I have here. a grill. I have a grill story that's is kind of embarrassing. Who go? I, I was grilling my steak this weekend, and um, I always I'm with Jeff. I like to let that that thing after i cook everything i just let it stay real real hot Mm -hmm. 
and then I go out there and I and I scrape it. Well, there's this little thing on the top. I have a little baby egg mm-hmm. grill, ceramic grill. And the little piece, the little rubber piece that used to protect the thing that opens and closes it uh-huh. had come off and I forgot. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. You and I reached it. up there to close it. And yeah, I sat for about an hour with some ice on my finger. Poor thing. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. Right. <laughs> Let me yeah, yeah, it was it was very hot, <laughs> well, and so I cooked other things besides my steak on Friday. <laughs> right. You, know, you, should, you should always burp that that egg because you can open that up, and it will. As soon as that oxygen hits that grill, it will flame up. Did you so, say burp you the egg? Burp it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Meaning, just open it up just a little bit, very slowly. Burp it and then open it up, and it won't it won't blaze that up has on you. Got to be a griller's term to burp a thing, right? Yeah. Burp a yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got an email here, and then we got a lot of phones to answer. Hello, I live in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I love listening to the program as a podcast each week. I appreciate wow. all the advice about how to keep up on maintenance and keeping an eye out for water where it should not be. My home was built in 2019 in a master planned community. I have a combination of vinyl siding and brick on my home's exterior, and I wonder if you have any advice about routine maintenance to prolong the longevity of the bricks and mortar. Um, yeah, leave it alone. Really? Now, well, okay. Ignore it. <laughs> this is what I mean by this. Mortar, first of all, your brick facade on the outside of your house is, is makeup. Okay. Right. Uh, it's it's pretty. Now, don't don't take a pressure washer to that because you're going to start wearing your uh, your mortar. It's a soft product. It's very porous. Right. Brick is a is a man made baked product with with a color applied to it, which is also somewhat fragile. Mm-hmm. Now. If 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 you were to get some formaldehyde or something on your brick and you want to clean it. Take a soft brush, scrub it, take a water hose, rinse it off. But do not attack that thing with a pressure washer. Okay. No. Good to uh, know. Very good to know. Can you use the uh, – so so just leave it alone. Uh, now, when it starts yeah. to get dusty, you just, yeah. what, hose it off or what? Yeah, you could. I mean, look, Indianapolis is a long ways from New Orleans. But if they'll go to New Orleans, they're not washing the brick in New Orleans, and it's been there for – a long, long That's time. That's right. Yeah. All um, right. Uh, and it's a master plan community, and so a lot of what I'm seeing is that we're beginning to build houses with low maintenance. Right. And so I, I just agree with Jeff. And don't start yeah. trying to power wash that vinyl no. either, because if you've got vinyl soffits mm-hmm. and and it's dented, and yeah. you shoot a power washer up in there, you've just created a mess. Well, look, yeah. I've, I've been to St. Augustine, Florida, the oldest city in America, and they weren't pressure washing that brick, and it was still standing. Right. So, All right. Well, that, that pretty much answers the question. We've got a lineup of phones going on, guys, so let's go on to uh, Allen in Theodore, Alabama. What's going on, Allen? Well, it's just a comment. I heard him talking about some kind of leaky faucets and problems. Yes, sir. Like that? Okay. Well, we live in the country. Been living in the country 30 years, better than 30 years. And the the issue with living in the country is most of us are on well water. 
and well water is fine. But the problem is with well water is that most people put down a well and they use the water and most people at that time had copper plumbing or the faucets. Eventually you got copper parts. Right. And the untreated water from most wells in this area are acidic and it's a very simple step. You just take a little water and dip a pH strip in it and see what the pH is. And it's usually going to be down around a six. And it doesn't seem like much. You can drink it, you can wash it, do everything in the world for it. But that level of pH is just enough that it will corrode anybody's copper plumbing to beat heck. Really? And it will also, even if you buy the best boiler valves for faucets, it will eat up the rivet that's up in that valve that holds the rubber washer that seals the water off. So you're saying a good idea would be check the water to make sure that it's not eating up those uh, plumbing parts? Practically all of the water has low pH. It's acidic. It's fine for drinking, but it will react with your copper. And we had a brand new house. It ate up that copper and it made me sick to drink it. But you get pH paper from your landscaping place or a chemical test facility or just look it up online you get a little package it'll be about a hundred of them mm-hmm. and you just put put it in water and then take it out and then you match it up with the uh color, color chart scheme on yeah. the back of the package will tell you the ph of the water okay okay that's that's the first thing and if it is acidic you can go to any the landscape supply place mm-hmm. still with alan yes are you still there with us? I'm still with you. Okay, there you go. Keep going. All right. You can go to a landscape supply house and buy a deacidifier. Some people call it a water softener. It depends on what media you put in. Right. But you can put that deacidifier on the line that's going to your house, and you have to add deacidifier media to it on a regular basis. And take it a step further, you can put a whole house filter on it, and it will stop also the sand and any escape media from getting into your plumbing. And you and by doing that, you have ended the acidity problem, and your fixtures and your plumbing will last a lifetime. Thank you. Thank now, you, Alan. That, I mean, I appreciate that because the, the, the water issue, we didn't even talk about that, but there are regulators out there. I know that if you're near a, uh, a water uh, tower, you know, a lot of folks near water towers have to have regulators if they're near that tower because the pressure is going to come down so hard. So, um, anyway, something to look at there. Let's keep moving. Lisa is on the line in Gulfport. What What are you working on, Lisa? What am I working on? Yeah, what can I do for you this morning? <laughs> okay, thanks for my college. What are you working on? <laughs> I'm working at home. Okay, what can I do for you? I just wanted to make a comment on the wire brushes, cleaning grills. There have been cases where the pieces of wire break off, and people have been known to ingest small pieces of wire unknowingly. Yikes. And that can cause a real problem. So if you can switch over to something else, please do. Okay, so yeah, wire brushes? I, I agree with that. There's a, there's a, you know, there's a downside to everything. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, let's keep on moving. So no more wire brushes, right? And now we're going to go to Melanie in Tuscaloosa. What's going on, Melanie? 
Hey, I had a question about how to prepare a wooden garage for wreath staining or painting. Um, It's peeling some, so do you just have to scrape it, or is there another way that you have to get that off? Uh, Scraping is is probably one of the only things anybody ever knows to do. I know know that uh, it's probably not what you want to hear, but the hardest part of painting is the prep. Right. The actual painting is easy. The prep, the better prep you do, the better end results you're going to get. Yeah. So. Okay. I appreciate it so much, then. Sorry, Melanie. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. It's time for our last break of the hour. You still have time to get your home improvement questions answered this morning. So call with call us with your questions, comments. Just tell us what project you're working on at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, Ashley Certified Inspector and Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Uh, this morning, we are talking about all your DIY fixes, and uh, folks are calling in. Got an email here for you. Ready, guys? All right. Uh, hi, folks. I love to listen when I can. I don't always get the chance due to work. My issue Ex-wife and I bought a house in summer of 2017. The house was built in 1999. The roof was replaced in 2015 or 16. Noted a uh, musty, moldy smell in one one corner of the entryway, which responds with a roof valley, an area of the roof that continues under the soffit. There is a gutter installed above where the roof goes under the soffit, and it has a questionable discharge solution for the water. There, uh, there's very evident on the fascia and soffit with mold visibly growing. You can, uh, no water damage is noted in the house, but don't want any, obviously, to start. My question is, um, should I contact a general contractor or a roofing contractor? And do I need to worry about mold in the attic and ceiling and the wall considering the smell? I have the same kind of damage on the other side of the entryway as well. Thanks. Uh, Jeff and Pam. This guy's uh, got a, a rough situation. What's what's the thing to do here? Yeah, you know, you you've got you've got microbial growth going on, which takes food and water. Right. Um, so narrow it down. Where where's the water coming in? Is it coming in from above? Is it groundwater coming up? Is it plumbing? Well, let me but ask you. Def- this is this house. Uh, I know it was. Uh, the roof was replaced in 2015, but if it's happening in a similar place, is that some sort of design issue? 
Well, it very well could be. Now, I see this all the time, and I know Pam does too, especially in Mississippi. Uh, if you're around pine trees, pine needles gather in that valley. Water cannot get out of the valley quick enough, so it curls, and it actually will run uphill uh, to a certain extent and get under that shingle. So it could be a number of things. My point being in order to have mold growing, you must have food and you must have water. So get it narrowed down. Let's find out where that's coming from. But that's not something that you want. Um, you you don't want it in your house and you don't want to breathe it. Right. So. Okay. So do you think that they should uh, contact a roofer or a general, uh, something like that? I would actually think about getting a home inspector to figure out where that water's coming from and then get your reme- then talk about remediation or getting it fixed because thinking the very same thing you can have you create a pool on your roof whenever you've got debris in the valley and it will literally back right back up in there so you've hmm. but who knows i mean the water could be coming from a plumbing boot or some flashing or something else um but i agree with him you don't want to wait on something like that because right. it's just going to get worse okay. that's right no it's going to get worse and cause more damage so uh you need to act on it now Okay. All right. Let's uh, keep on moving. Daryl is on the line in Jackson. What's going on, Daryl? Oh, hang on. I can't hear you. Daryl, you with us? Yes, I am. There we go. What's going on? Uh, this is not an inside problem. It's actually an outside problem. Mm-hmm. And I have motor oil on my concrete, and I'm trying to figure out how to get it out. Motor oil on the concrete. Boy, I yeah, saw that. Don't be laughing at me. No, I'm not laughing at you. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing with you. Right. I'm okay you laughing with me. Lots of us have <laughs> dealt with this. Uh, I, the way I deal with it is commenting a brush. I don't know another way to deal with it. Okay. Is it, is it old or new? It's new. I just did it yesterday. Oh, good. Immediately after this phone call, uh-huh. go to Go to your convenience store and get two liters of Dr. Pepper. Okay. <laughs> Are you serious? I promise. Yes. That's yes. good because Go I could put some on the ground and I could drink some. Right. <laughs> and that's right. Get get two liters of Dr. Pepper. Pour it on that oil spill. You will be amazed how it will re- will start bringing that oil out of that concrete. That's fine. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Call, Thank you. call me back. Call us back next Wednesday and let us know. Yeah. Oh, you can believe I will. I know you know I will. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Daryl. You guys stay safe. Thank you, sir. Stay safe, too. You know, it's amazing. So I want to know. Whenever someone fixes something. Grill? Yeah. Whenever someone fixes something here by using food, it worries me. Because I think, you know, I've eaten, a, well, I've drank a lot of Dr. Pepper in my life. <laughs> look, hey, listen, we, you know, I do a lot of new construction. And the last thing the homeowner wants when they buy a new home is see a, a, an oil slick. Right. So, uh, of course, someone pulled on the brand new driveway oil. I go up to the store. I get I get a liter of, of uh, Dr. Pepper just because I read it somewhere. Yeah. Poured it on there. You can't even tell it. That's amazing. What were you going to yeah, say, really Pam? Is. Pam doesn't believe I it. I just want to know if I can use Dr. Pepper to clean my grill. 
Oh, man. That's combining two <laughs> different segments of the show. I don't know if you can cross the swords like that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that that what that kind of covers it, right? Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener was Kevin Farrell. For Pam Pibus, Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next week. Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.